0: Welcome to the Leaders Life podcast, where we implement that old school grind with that new school mind. What is up, fam? I am your host, Damar. And before we get started, please make sure you hit that, on this, that subscribe button so you never, ever miss out. And if you think this podcast is awesome, book your boy up with a five star review because that helps people find this podcast organically. With that being said, I have an amazing friend, an amazing coach. Her name is Bree. She's a recovering financial advisor turned mindset coach for entrepreneurs and wants to break free from that nine-to-five life and create a business around themselves, their knowledge, their passions, and their personal power. With that being said, welcome to the Leaders Life Podcast, Brie.
1: Thank you, Amar. I am so thrilled to be here. I appreciate you.
0: Oh, I appreciate you. And let's just jump right into today. First off, before we get into the questions and the topics, let the listeners know kind of like who you are and why are you coaching and teaching what you're teaching.
1: Excellent question. Yes. So I am Bree Willits. I was a financial advisor for almost eight years and I abandoned all of that to be an online coach. When I went through my own kind of season of burnout, I'll call it, and the lovely COVID that shut down the world also happened to shut down my business and my income and my confidence, my mental health, all of it. And I had to, you know, we faced some of those days where You just don't know what the hell's happening anymore. And I faced that about two and a half years ago where I didn't like where I was. I didn't know really my purpose in life. I was a good salesperson making good money, helping people in some way, but it didn't feed my soul in any way, shape or form. And I hit a giant wall one day and had to make some tough choices about where my life was headed because it was heading kind of into the gutters, not something very positive. And I luckily discovered personal development mindset and it blew my mind open to what was going on in the online world that I wasn't even allowed to really use to network and prospect in my other job. And my whole world has changed since my mind and my eyes have been open to this.
0: That's, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Because I know as well, the same thing with me, like I, I didn't realize about the self development world until COVID. And it was like, my back was against the wall. And I said, What am I going to do? And then you and I joined Rob Dallas program. And then look at us now doing this online, you know, this online gig and, and coaching and giving back more yes. than anything. However, You did say that, I mean, you're calling yourself a recovering financial advisor, you know, just to be honest with you off record, I always reached out to Bree about financial type things. And I have a cousin, shout out to my cousin Malik out in the West Coast, them two, you two are my two like financial people. And when I say my financial people is that you're just very knowledgeable, but you go by with your own opinion. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to jump right into asking the question, everybody's talking about recession recession, recession, recession. What are we going to do? We're going to go into a recession. We are going to, we got to hold on to our monies. We got to spend our monies. We got to invest our monies. We got to put them in our pockets. Brie, what is your take, Miss Recovering Financial Advisor, on this recession? And just educate the listeners out there who just keep hearing it, but do not understand what actually a recession is.
1: Beautiful question. And so recession, the big R word, it's this big, scary, looming event that it doesn't matter how old you are, it's going to affect you, but they don't last forever. And so this is in, the, in finance, we hated the R word because when recession gets talked about, even if it's on its way or not, logic goes out the window and people trade only on emotion. And so it's not about actually managing the economy whatsoever. It's about how we manage ourselves, our emotions, and our behaviors when we think this big looming thing is coming. And so sure, we could hit recession in the next six months. We could hit it in a month. Technically, we were in one about a year ago. But did it matter to our pocketbooks? Not necessarily. Did it matter to our behaviors and our fears and our anxiety? Oh, yes. And that's really what pushes the market around. Has the economy changed? Yes. Have we been printing a lot of money and inflation is through the roof? Yes. Will that affect us? Yes. Is it doomsday coming and all bank accounts are going to freeze and the stock market's going to zero? No, not at all. Contraction and expansion, it's natural. It happens in the market. It has to go through cycles like anything. We're getting at the top of our expansion. We're going to contract. I have no idea when it's going to happen. However, We do need to start preparing for it. And the way that people do that, again, is checking your behaviors, your emotions, and your expectations for yourself.
0: I love that. I love that you said, you know, because that was my next question is like, so can you get a little bit specific of how does a normal middle class, maybe even lower middle class prepare for a recession? Like, what's the first thing you would do, Brie?
1: My number one piece of advice always, and the foundation of your finance portfolio, you have to have an emergency fund have to, have to, have to have an emergency fund. And for depending on what stage of life you're in, that's a very different number for very different people. Typically the advice is have about six months of your actual expenses that don't go away. So your rent, your mortgage, your utilities, your car bill, your cell phone, all of that food, six months of that should be saved in cash so that you can weather whatever's going to come at you. Now, if you're really nervous and you're really nervous, Nellie, and you're going to make financial moves that don't serve you because you get nervous and we get emotional. You might want a bigger emergency fund when you know recession is on its way and we are in that contraction phase of the economy that we're moving into. And so for my retirees, always a year, a year's worth of expenses. We don't have to sell anything when the market's down. Because one of the biggest rules I would always tell people too, you will not lose money if you invest in the market if you aren't forced to sell when 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 we're in recession. But If you don't prepare yourself and you don't have what I call the spare tire fund on the side, when we have an accident and you can weather the storm, recessions don't last that long. The average recession is 13 months. The average expansion period after that is 56. So if you can have and you're in retirement and you can have 12 months of your expenses saved, you're fine. You're fine.
0: I like if you're that. you're
1: working, you need less because we're actually bringing in income and you're not just living off your resources.
0: So you're, yeah. So what you're pretty much saying is the fixed cost, your mortgage, mm-hmm. your electric bill, your heating mm-hmm. bill, your water bill, the yeah. stuff that you have to pay for, your budgeting. And you're saying a year. I love that you're saying a year because I was here three to six months, three to six months. Like, no, have that big nest egg. But the problem with everybody having, or people that I've seen that start to build their nest egg is that then they become hoarding their money and then they're scared to invest. So that person right now, that's, let's just say, building that nest egg. And they're like, nope, I'm just holding on to this money. I will not spend this money because it's my money and the market will not control it. What is your advice to that person?
1: So I want you to, this is going to get a little more technical, but look at what kind of a real return you can get on your money. And what that means is, Inflation is going to eat at our earning power and our spending power right now. So if inflation's at 9% and I put my money in the bank and I'm getting 0% interest, I'm technically losing 9% of buying power. However, if I can put my money in something fixed, like a CD or like uh, treasury-intected tips, they're called treasury inflation-protected securities, something that's backed by the government that's completely safe. And my return, they give us an interest rate, say it's 4%. Now, my real return is technically I'm losing 5%, but it's better and we're getting something more out of it. So if you can, instead of your fixed money, your stuff in the bank, if you can get any kind of interest out of it, go for the highest interest you can in CDs, in savings accounts, in money market funds to at least get some buying and spending power back so your money just isn't getting eaten to inflation while we wait for the storm that may or may not hit in the next year or so. And that's the issue with having too much in your emergency fund because eventually it just eats and eats and eats at your buying power because inflation's real and it's the largest, it's, it's the biggest it's been rate wise in a long time.
0: Yeah. And, uh, it, and it's, and the one thing that I've, because I'm i I'm a finance and, and marketing major. And the one thing that I've heard is that people reach out to me and they ask me, Hey, Amar, I'm ready to buy a house, but. Mm-hmm. The interest rates high, and I'm like, buy the house. You can always refinance. Just yes. don't not buy the house because of the interest rate. Yes, it's double of what it is, but what goes up must come down. Am I yes. saying like I like you? I I'm just everything is my opinion. Everything is you know, just forecasting, projecting. But don't stop because the economy is in this state of mm-hmm. panic. I guess I guess that's the best way to describe it. And I hear it all the time. And which gets to my next question now, because the I, I did a podcast episode about this, and I said that the biggest investment I ever made in my life, it's not my stocks, not not my you know flipping houses or or investments or anything else. It was my biggest, best investment I ever did was investing in myself. Because that, you know, that was the biggest return. And the biggest return I had because of investing in myself is I became a better husband, a better father, a better mentor, a better business owner, a better, you know, manager, you know, just what everything that possible because I invested in myself. Why? Because everybody, when they talk about investments, they talk about I want to double, triple, quadruple my money. And but the thing is that they never talk about themselves. They want to double-triple quadruple their their knowledge. So what what is your take on that?
1: I'm so glad you said that. And this is where my money mindset, I'll call it, and my perception of wealth and how we invest has just been so turned inside out and upside down since I got into coaching is because I came from very linear. I can predict what the market's going to return, right? And I can predict if we get this rate of return over this many years, exactly what money we're going to have. And here's the thing when i started investing in myself i've made more money in the past year and a half in coaching than i ever did in my investments say that again i have made more money in coaching by investing i propose again i have made more money in my coaching business by investing in myself than my investments ever did while i worked as a financial advisor
0: and for the record so have i so <laughs> have i i you know and, and it's not that and this is this is great this is why i want to like have a conversation about this is where people do not understand because I get it all the time. It's like I don't understand why I gotta shell out X amount of dollars when I can just read a book. I can I can go on YouTube and learn about Tony Robbins and hear his rah-rah speeches, which I'm not by no means down, downplaying Tony Robbins. He's an amazing soul, but he's done, you know, with the self-development world. But everybody I feel, or there are people out here who are listening who just take I'm gonna say this: the shortcut, the <laughs> quick way, the easy way. So what I've learned is that when I actually put my money into something, I'm more vested. I'm more going to do that where the YouTubes, the the free content they have out there is great. But are you going to show up, Brie, to something free or something that you've actually put money into it and give you 100%?
1: I will definitely show up more when I have paid. But more than that, I think it's about buying your time back. And that was something that I had to figure out because I'm very much a do I was very much a do-it-yourselfer. I would figure it out. I had to teach a lot of finance to myself. That wasn't my major. So I came from zero knowledge to a thousand in a year in a program. So I had to learn how to teach myself things very quickly. Getting into coaching, I had to blow up that mindset as well because business is a long-term game, especially when you're building one around yourself. If you can buy time back by learning and modeling over people that have already made mistakes, that have already compressed the timeline for you, that's the investment you need to make.
0: Yeah, I I, I mean, you, I cannot say that any better because it's so much, growth. I I've, I've saw somebody the other day, or I was speaking to somebody who joined the program that you and I are part of, and they were just talking about how they now have a relationship with their parents that they never had in 12, 13 years. And it was mm-hmm. because they invested in themselves they invested in themselves. And it was the fact that they had these blocks and they had all these, oh yeah, I'm going to just say blocks that did not let them move forward in their life. But the thing about investing in yourself, it's kind of like, we'll, we'll use a gym analogy. It's like, you can pay for a gym membership, but it doesn't mean you're going to get jacked. It doesn't mean you're going to have that six-pack abs. It's like you got to kind of have that mindset behind it. And I feel like you, Bree, that is what you it's your specialty. It's like you got to put your mask on before helping others, and that is something that you help a lot of people with. So, mm-hmm. my my I guess my question to you is, how do you get that person who always looks at other people other ways and does not even consider or trust themselves or even want to take action from themselves because they're focused on everything else. And we have, you have an amazing program right here. Like, so what is your advice to that person who is not putting on their mask and helping others?
1: If you want to play in the game, the great game of life, why are you sitting on the sidelines? A lot of times we will sit and we will watch so many other people around us. Oh, they're, they, we'll watch coaches on Instagram. We'll watch other financial advisors. We'll watch these celebrities, these people. And we'll try to borrow just a little bit of what they're doing, but we're not actually so many times going out there and doing it on our own and playing our own game in our own lane. And because everybody has a special superpower, we all have our own special talents, our lane of knowledge, our uniqueness. If we're borrowing everybody else's, we're sitting on their sidelines. I had to realize this in myself too and actually start listening to me using the help of my mentors and my guides, but listening to myself and just start acting. Not thinking, not journaling, not writing, acting. Going out there and putting effort and work out there and producing something. And that's what really changed everything for me. Instead of planning, I was a planner. Oh, I'm gonna plan this. I'm gonna learn this. I'm gonna buy this course. When you actually start producing content. You start helping people because you're talking and you're learning and you're sharing. That was a big thing too. I wanted to keep all my knowledge, but I was afraid to share too much because what if I ran out? The game of life, you don't run out of content. You don't run out of knowledge. It's an abundant. You'll never run out. It's limitless. Once you can adopt that mentality for yourself, the sky truly is the limit.
0: That is. And I love that answer. And I love because this is my next question. And I deal with this as well. You just mentioned the person who has taken the course, right? So we have a listener right now who invested in themselves in a coach, let's just say, and it wasn't the results that they wanted. And then they invested in another program. It wasn't the result they wanted. And then the result. And there, as you know, on your, when I was on your podcast, you called it course collectors. Mm-hmm. So what is your advice to that person right now who is jumping from program to 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 program? To program, to program. And um, and then you have Brie's program right there. And then they come and talk to you. And their, their response is, hey, I've tried all these programs and it doesn't work. Why would I choose Bree or another program?
1: A lot of times I want to know their completion rates because the average course, 4% of people actually complete it. Mm -hmm. And so, so many times we will get close to the finish line or maybe about halfway there. And then we've decided, oh, this is too hard. Let me try something else. We try on a new flavor, a new coach, I call them coach hoppers as well. Let me try this person on for 30 days and I will put in enough work to see if I like them or not. But if they call me on my bullshit... Or if they make me do actual effort and do something that's out of my comfort zone, I'll just hop to somebody else that's going to boost my ego and tell me what I want to hear. But again, business is a long-term game. Get a long-term coach. Stop trying to jump between containers because there's so much power in having one strategy that you go all in on for a long amount of time to really understand if it works for you or not. And one month is not enough time. Six months sometimes is not enough time. There's a lot we have to build in ourselves when we become a business owner. There's a lot of gaps we have to fill. There's a lot of gaps I had to fill. And I'm so 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 grateful that I was in a coaching container for a long amount of time because it gave me the entire transformation process to see myself grow and change and hit those hard times in a year and not run away and just hop to a new coach.
0: Yeah, and I love that you just said that I I did not run away. I mean, that's that's powerful because I do I see it all the time. I it's that I don't get that instant gratification, so I'm going to quit. I'm go I don't I don't see the results right away. I just joined this program for 2 weeks and I want to quit. It's I, I see it, I hear it all the time and the problem that I feel a lot of a lot of people kind of I guess got to understand that this isn't an app on your phone. This is not. I you know I use the analogy Uber Eats. This is not like, hey, I wanna I wanna be successful. All right, I'll be here in thirty minutes. All right, here we go. I'm successful. It doesn't work that way. And I <laughs> do feel that this instant gratification world that we we all live in is is a big part of why people do quit because they don't get what they want.
1: Yes. And there's always a shiny object or another influencer or another new Facebook ad that's going to trigger them in the right way at the right day when they're in a low mood, they're in low self-belief. And I've been here and this is why I talk about it because I was a course collector until I went all into a mastermind program that made me see these major deficiencies I had in my own mindset, in my own gaps. I was a course collector because I wanted to gain knowledge. I want to know it all so that I can help everybody but it wasn't serving me or anybody else. I have a ton of courses I've never completed because one person doesn't have that much capacity, first of all, and all the messages conflict. And so how do you how do you get rid of the noise when you have 15 mentors and they're all saying different things? It's impossible.
0: Well, there's that saying, right? You know, you can't chase two rabbits. And that's pretty much what I'm hearing you say right now mm-hmm. is that when, when you're trying to do... To multiple courses, you're not gonna finish any. You just said four percent completion, and I see that as well. I mean, the program that I mentor in, it's like it seems that you know people, you know, people love the program, they want to be a part of it, but when it comes down to hard work, they talk themselves out of it,
1: mm-hmm. and it
0: drives me crazy, Bree, because I see the potential. These are some hungry, hungry people that have this vision have this, like, as you said earlier, they have a purpose that I want to do this and then get discouraged. And that's what I see. They get discouraged quickly. And then what do they do? They go back to their jobs that they hated that nine to five life that you're trying to break free- people free of. And what is your advice to those people? Cause it drives me freaking crazy.
1: You got to start in the belief in yourself. And when that wavers, you got to do everything in your power to plug those holes. I think of it like a sailboat. You can sail off into a direction and into your future, but you can't do it until your holes are plugged in the boat. And until that happens, there's no momentum that you can make. And so self-care is huge. Increasing the belief in yourself by increasing your, your knowledge in your area and your expertise. We don't want to be you know, a master of all or jack of all trades and a master of none really if you're going to you know be an expert at something or you're going to enter into into your lane of business do the self work do the extra reading do you know hire hire the mentor that's really going to help push you to that next level so that you can borrow some of their confidence when yours is wavering and that really helped me because well it's not the easiest journey to be an entrepreneur and the confidence will wane so again having that awareness and then trying to figure out how to plug those holes And increase the belief in yourself, because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to believe in you. And why would anybody buy your services? Why would anybody support your business?
0: That's, that's, I love that you said, believe in yourself and confidence, because I do truly feel that confidence is the number one recipe for success. Mm -hmm. If you don't believe in yourself, Brie, why the fuck would I believe in you? Like, why would I believe in you? It's just not going to. Yeah, and and then confidence. So with you, I mean, you were never like this your whole life. Obviously, you've learned you learned over the way. So for that person right now,
1: that's not true at all. Actually, I'm gonna completely no. Oh that's not true snap!
0: We got a all. debate. What's up? All right, go. What were you gonna say? So you mean to tell me so you I've have been through the low confident Jesus So you you're telling me right now you have been confident your whole life? No problem. I'm grabbing that bull by the horn. I'm a Freaking action taker. Oh, no, I'm
1: saying not at all. I've not been that.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. Debate is over. (laughs) (laughs) But what was the first step that you needed to get that confidence? Because I hear that's, I'm telling you right now, people do not believe in themselves. That is why the regret of the dying, you know, I talk about this a lot and I learned it from Rob Dial, like Rob Dial straight up stole it from him. Like he has amazing, I mean, everybody got to check out the mindset mentor podcast. Like he's, he's fucking amazing, but he, he said something about re- the regret of the dying. And the, the, the number one thing is not live into your true. I mean, one of the things are not living to your true authentic self, like just doing things for other and not being, what's the word I'm looking for. I, I, I got a brain freeze for a second. It was the, just not living to your full potential, I guess. So now you have this person right now that is working their nine to five job and hates it, absolutely hates it, right? But it's paying the bills. I call it the golden handcuffs, mm-hmm. the golden handcuffs. I love my job. I mean, I love the money I'm making, but I am not bringing any, I mean, but but I'm I'm, I'm locked into this. This is not giving me any, any passion, any happiness, but it's bringing good money. What would you tell to that person who is once again, miserable at their yeah. job? But just sticking there because of the money.
1: This was me. I called myself the queen of fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> How are way. you today? Fine. How's work? Fine. And it wasn't, I was miserable, but it was good enough. And so my question is always why don't you deserve extraordinary? Who said that good enough was for you?
0: I love that, Brie, because you're right. It's because that I, I'm going to say it again, society has just, just brainwashed a lot of us because mm-hmm. once again, like the system is set up and I'm going to say this, like the system is set up for you to fail everybody. Like the system is set up for you to go to school and then get a loan to
1: pay okay. for
0: the school. And then you get that job and then you paying off that loan and then you have a family and you're paying off that. Plus, you need a home. And then you end up racking up debt. And then you end up working until you're 75, 80 years old. And then you have not enjoyed your life. I see, I hear it. And it bugs me. It bugs me. It bugs me. It bugs me. It bugs me that people are not living their life. They're not, they, they don't realize that they actually control their destiny. And they're like, easier said than done. So that person that says, hey, I cannot, yeah, Omar. Easier said than done. What is your response to that?
1: Usually, it's. Let me think.
0: I'll reframe it. Hey, yeah, okay, Bree. It's easy for you to quit the nine to five because you know you you have you have money, or you know you have that nest. You have that that you know. What do you what did you call it earlier? What was your your analogy of? of of the
1: emergency fund the my emergency spare, tire, spare tire, tire. tire the
0: spare tire yeah. yes what would you tell that person that's pretty much fucking scared
1: so when i first invested in coaching i also didn't have that nest because remember too i did this when the economy was down about oh. almost 40% so so was my income overnight gone and i also was a person that went to school and paid for all of it myself and still have student loans That were not forgiven. (laughs) So (laughs) I did not have that big of a nest. And I was taught very traditionally, all your extra money, we invest in retirement. So I had done the financial advisor thing and I invested all my money in retirement. And so when I got approached about, Hey, do you want to join this coaching program? I told them I couldn't afford it because my bank account and what I have learned from the finance lens, I didn't have that as discretionary money at all. I was invested. That wasn't money to be spent on me, on my silly little coachy business, you know, whatever that was, that was ridiculous. And so for a long time, I didn't reinvest because I was, I wanted to hold that money. And I was, this is what I was taught from finance, hoard it, invest it in the right places. Don't spend it frivolously. And at the time my mindset was, this is frivolous because it's an internet business and this isn't real. Jokes on me and jokes on everyone else that told me like your little silly little coaching business that literally completely changed my life because it warped my mindset about, wait, I invested this money in myself and I doubled it in eight weeks and was like, oh shit, there's, there's something real to this. If I believe in myself, maybe there's more for me. And that thought has just kept me going and I could see it in front of me because I had good people to model off of. And it's floated me here. And so then my entire perception of money got thrown out. And so if you are that person that's like, oh, well, but it's not, but I'm different. My situation's different. I don't have the money. How resourceful are you? And how much is that dream worth? To me, I was at the bottom. I was in the gutter. I was drinking myself to death. I was doing drugs. I was not a good place. Giving me hope again and giving me some kind of dream was worth everything to me. I would have spent everything in my 401k given the chance to know where I'm at right now.
0: Wow. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you that question because I hear this a lot too. You, you just said I was, you know, I was addicted to drugs and it held you back and it put blinders on. So we have that listener right now who's probably addicted to let's say pills or alcohol or justifying that. Hey, I'll be okay. It's different. I got it under control. Right.
1: I'm fine. I was fine. Oh yeah.
0: The, the, The queen of I'm fine. Right. So you, you're, you're hearing they're, they're saying all this, but they're really not. So what is your advice to them that worked for you?
1: It's the whole idea of we deserve better than fine. Why would you want to float? I was 20, 28 at the time. Why would we want to float through life for however many years I had left? I was proud when I made it past 27 because of the 27 club. I was in a really dark mindset. I was proud of that. Why would I want to float through life fine and numb and good enough when there are actually people that are happy because of the thoughts that they think? I thought that was ridiculous and I hated these people. Then I got a taste of it. Then I saw that there was hope that it was possible And that it's true. And that there's something to mindset and the thoughts that we think can change everything. When I was finally awake and I was at the bottom, the pits of despair, I'll call it. And I was ready to be like, okay, let me ask for help. Everything changed. Sometimes we have to get to the bottom and break everything we know so that we can rebuild everything that we are.
0: Yeah. I, I love that answer. And I say this all the time. If, you have an issue with your sink and toilet, you call a plumber. If you have an mm-hmm. issue with your air conditioner, you call your HVAC guy. And if you have issues with your mindset or your business, you reach out to a mentor and a coach. Like, and and it's it's new, it, but it's an eight billion dollar industry for a reason. It's an eight billion dollar industry for a reason because of the coaching works, and I firsthand, as I said, I've been blessed to be a a Bree's mentor. And I've seen her growth. I've seen her productivity. And more than anything, I've seen the shift, the mindset of when she first came in, and she's like, "Eh," you know, kind of, you know, dipping her toes in the water. And now she's dumping off the diving board, like 30 feet deep. And that right there, I, I have to have to, you know, give you your flowers there, Bree, because you, you know, you were you were peaks and valleys, like it was not You know, and and that's what I, that's what I want everybody to know is that like Brie was not born with a fucking silver spoon up her ass. Like by no means Brie, Brie self-made, but also Brie had to make a lot of adjustments to get where it's at. And the problem that I see today is nobody wants to freaking make adjustments, Brie. Mm
1: -hmm. Or are we getting that? Well, I tried it once and it didn't work. So it must not be for me
0: exactly and it's like okay it, it must have not been with, with you so then you just quit and then stick yeah. and be miserable forever and taking out on your wife take it on your girlfriend boyfriend kids whatever it is I see it happen yep. it doesn't I and I use the the you know have you watched married with children Mm-mm. you know oh my god all right it's like that say like Al Bundy is a is a is a a, a shoe salesman, lady, lady shoe salesman, and he's just miserable at life and he's just like accepted that that's his life yeah and it's like You don't have to sell women's shoes and be accepted, you know, and say like, this is my life. I have, this is the cards that I'm dealt with. And that is, this is, that's kind of how I want to wrap this up. I've heard the term, Amar, this is the car that the card that I was dealt with. So this Mm -hmm. is just what I have to deal with. What is your (laughs) take on, hey, Brie, these are just the cards that were dealt to me.
1: So mine is, what game do you want to play in life? Do you want to play Go Fish and be passive? Hey, do you have an eight? No? All right, I'll wait till next turn. Or do you want to play a game that you're actually in charge and you can have your own strategy and that you actually enjoy? Because nobody really likes Go Fish. Most of us play it because it's easy and we'll wait for things to hit us. We'll wait for the right thing. We'll wait for the right time, the right mentor, the right amount of money in our wallets to change anything. And all it takes is you to wake okay. up and say, no, actually I'm in charge. I can steer the ship wherever I want. Today is going to be the day I change everything.
0: So what you're pretty much saying is don't play goldfish, play some blackjack.
1: Hell yeah. Have some <laughs> fun. Life is what, that's what it's for, right?
0: That's exactly Fammal what it's called. on
1: yourself, have some fun. That's that, the way in here.
0: And that's what you just said was bet on yourself. And if, once again, if you're not going to bet on yourself, who the hell is going to bet on you?
1: And here's the thing. Sometimes we might lose, but it's way more fun to be in Vegas than it is to be in Iowa. Uh-huh.
0: So, <laughs> I love that. Great. This is awesome. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for coming coming on the Leaders Life podcast. Now, please, I know you have a lot of things going. I know that your last program was, was you know booked. Now you have waiting lists going on. I know you've got a lot of things going on. Please, please, please let the listeners know where to find you, where you're at. We'll have everything on the show notes, but I'll elaborate on where they can find Brie.
1: Absolutely. So Facebook is where I'm most active. That's where I have built pretty much everything, but you can find me on Facebook at Brie Willets or Instagram. Same thing at Bree Willets. I also have a podcast called Becoming Better Together in Business and Mindset that Amar has actually been on. He was my very first guest. So, yes, you check a great podcast. Out
0: great podcast. Check it out. Give it five stars as well. I love listening thank to you. it. It's a great, awesome podcast. <laughs>
1: awesome. Mark? Thank you so much for having me. I
0: appreciate you. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And that's that. Thank you all for showing up and listening. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never, ever, ever miss out. Remember, why not you? Why not now? Hope you have an amazing, amazing rest of your day.